You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. Hi, Paul. How are you? How are you doing, Joe? Great to hear from you. Paul Barnes, you're a poet. Some people call you a historian, a man that has worked in many places, very knowledgeable, spiritual, understanding, has compassion, has educated and helped many people. Could call yourself? Well, there's nothing I shouldn't put my hand up to in what you said there. Um, like at 72 years of age, I being graced to have so many beautiful experiences happen to me in my life, even though I am very aware of how dark this time is for a lot of people. I have been very privileged from my early 20s to be able to experience a lot of beauty and peace and contentment within myself and to take me out of my head, which I have a busy head. But I'm because I, I've been graced with that, it was a gift that was given to me as how to do it, to be able to go inside to through your senses to source and take you away from the busy head that can drive you insane. And there are a lot of people at the moment who suffer that. And um, so because I've been for the last 50 years privileged to know how to stop the insanity in my own head, driving me mad, I pass that on to people because it is possible for them to get it as well, you know. Uh, But, and I use my poetry to really, and the research I do to put that message out. But I do regard myself as a kind of a practical person I, I'm not one for sitting on my hands and uh, I'm probably very lucky because I was born in the north of Ireland in on oh, just off the Falls Road to a very active, uh, well, at the time, Republican father. And my mother was a Dublin woman and she was apolitical and wasn't pushing religion, although we were brought up as Catholics. And he was totally, he was, he would regard himself as an atheist. But they split when I was two. So I was taken back to Dublin by my mother with my siblings. And there were four of us at the time. And reared in Dublin from the age of two. And in a way, I was very grateful because I'm a passionate kind of person. And if I'd been reared in the north under that regime at the time, I would have probably wouldn't be alive at this stage. You know what I mean? And, um, in a way, I was grateful to be taken out of it. And not to have to look at it intellectually. I literally did not uh, research what was going on until I was older. And I started to ask very relevant questions when I was quite young. I was in boarding school from the age of nine to 16. And when I was about 12, I would have said, I had the first experience where I realized I was being treated unjustly by the the Christian brothers, or one of them anyway, because they weren't all bad, but one of them who was just out of it. And he was intimidating me massively. And I stood up to him at the age of 12. And I remember running. I was a very fast runner at 12. And he was a big fat man. And I said, you're going to have to catch me. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, I do recognize a lot of the experiences that happened to me from the time I went into boarding school really stand me today because I learned how to be independent and I learned how to think for myself and uh, went in search of truth actually before a career. So even when I left school, I did the Leaving Certificate, I, I, I sought out the only uh, educational psychologist in Ireland at the time, and I did a test with him. And I went back for the results, and I said, well, okay, what's my education prepared me for? And he said, uh, Paul, you can do anything you like. <laughs> anyway, it was kind of a blank sheet and didn't, uh, you know, tell me I, was, I could be this, that, or the other. But uh, because I always was very inquisitive, I... I became a member at the age of 14 of the Society of Psychic and Spiritual Studies. So I was always looking outside the box. And I came across a lot of people with psychic abilities then that they probably wouldn't have wanted to be able or wouldn't have got an opportunity of speaking openly. But in a, a safe environment, they revealed extraordinary experiences they were having. But one of the things I recognized at that time was that that was the second most powerful thing in the universe, the, the power of the human mind. And luckily, most of us only are scratching the surface of it because it begs the question, then, what is the first most powerful thing? Born in the north, you're in Dublin. You then realise at an early age that your, you know, psychabilities, which, you know, some people will roll their eyes at and a lot of people that will listen to the show will understand as well. Your intuition then was very heightened. Because I know as well, you went to England and you, you had met a guru from India as well who had, had inspired you. You're, you. You mentioned there you're 72 and you've had a life that has been up and down. And a couple of things, two things that are popping up with me. Freedom which I've realized my grandfather and my father would say to me and my mother, oh, we had a better in our days. And I'd look at them going, well, you didn't have mobile phone and you didn't have this. And they were talking about freedom um, and the freedom to choose, the freedom to do without a nanny state. And, and the other thing as well, life's hard. I watched a movie the other day, is this as good as it gets? I don't know if, to, you know, the one with Jack Nicholson in it. And and I'm wondering, looking back now at your life, which, you know, we'll dig deeper into, is this as good as it gets? Oh, no. No, no. I, the vision I have for um, the world and Ireland of the future is very beautiful and it's very close. Uh, and we're probably at the worst, deepest, darkest place, not only in Ireland, but in the world at the moment. Why do you think we're at the deepest, darkest place? Because the, the powers that were, and I'm saying were, have attempted to totally take over every aspect of our life, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. 
So who and are these powers? Is this the, the this is when well my glo- research, is this the globalists that you're talking about or yeah when you start to do the research which I have done there are names to these faces but mostly you wouldn't hear about them necessarily in the media and uh, the the they're pure puppets that you generally see but when you start to dig deeper you realize this is very deep and it is spiritual. And there are elements that will only be understood and experienced when you go deeper within yourself. Uh, you know, there is a quote, I think a biblical quote, where it talks about you're fighting against, um, you probably know that quote, and other people will know it. I don't think I can remember. But really, talking about a lot of people are fighting on an astral level, yeah? And I know that might be taking it too far for some. And let me just say, when I was involved with the Society of Psychic and Spiritual Studies, I didn't necessarily, never sought out psychic abilities. I came across people with them. I have an acute intuition, but uh, clairvoyance and clairaudience and all the other massive experiences and uh, abilities that are there because of the mind, I purposely didn't uh, pursue them because I went in pursuit of the most powerful thing. And they were the questions I was asking. And I didn't come across, although I was involved from 14, it wasn't until I was 22 that I came across somebody I believed was a master of the spiritual, of the inner world. And what he said to me was, when I met him, and he was only 14, I was 22, and he said, I will take you over the sea of illusion, which is the fourth dimension. Who was this? This was, he was then known as Miraji, and a lot of people, if they go back that far, they'll remember this young boy that came from India when he was 13 and 14. I met him when he was 14. And he had a massive influence on... Where, to Ireland or...? Well, no, he came to England initially and then he went to America. And then the following year, he came to England again and again, America. And he was still at school. And where did you meet him? I met him in London, but I heard about him in Dublin. And um, I, But the, in the, the year before I met him, I went through this preparation, really, where we were talking earlier there about surrender. And I had to surrender relationships, concepts I had about um, security and and culture and within myself, within my gender. All that stuff was up for grabs and questioning in the year that prepared me to meet this young boy. and But I'd gone through a lot of time because I was consciously on a path from an early age asking questions. I, I didn't want to pursue a career because I felt, well, I don't even know why I'm here. Um, but uh, so my point is that when you ask the right questions, you get the answers. So I was very lucky that when I was 22, I got the solution for what I was looking for within myself and the ability to be able to go beyond my mind and through my senses into a place of feeling, which puts you in touch with your intuition, 
which is really like the language of source of God to us. And I, I was trained then uh, when I came to work with this, where he was a master of disability. And he said, I will teach you how to do this. And you're, the whole aim is for you to master. So we're here to master that ability to be able to go to source. And then we can address the situation in the world. So what was he, can you just elaborate on what he was teaching you? He, he was teaching how to go inside. He, what he said was, what you're looking for is within yourself, as it is in everybody. And he said, but it's beyond the mind. You don't go there through the intellect. You go through the senses. And he showed uh, techniques, four techniques to, sh- to be able to go inside through the senses and experience if thine eye be single, thy whole body will be full of light, is a quote from the Bible. But in the East, they, they wear the tillock, which is the third eye. And now we would know it as the pineal gland. And, um, you know, that's why the fluoride, they say, gathers on top of the pineal gland and prevents you, your third eye, from opening. So that's a reason why our, a massive amount of Irish Irish uh, water courses are fluoridated. That when you start to understand yourself as a spiritual being in a physical body, and then how the the people that want to control us have so many methods to do that. That until we actually go in pursuit and understand the battleground we're in, we're often uh, compliant with them. Because we don't go deep enough. We, we, we let them pollute our food, the air, the water, um, our minds through the propaganda. And we don't go in pursuit of truth. Why do you think people want to not let allow you to be more spiritual? Well, because these beings, when you start to look at ancient history. I wrote a poem called The Heart Master, and it starts off by talking about the Nephilim and the Anunnaki and the Watchers. And that, that, those references came because of the research I was doing. These are all headmasters. They aim to be masters of the psychic abilities and the head and the thinking. And that's Luciferic. They talk about Lucifer was the sharpest tool in the box. He he was very intellectual and thought, oh, I know how we can get humanity back to God, back to source. Uh, and he laid out a plan that was intellectual. And, uh, you know, you get all these people will talk about Luciferianism and it's the intellect. But can... yet Lucifer is, look at it, is man's desire trapped here on earth. That's what Lucifer would be. Yeah, but it's also, it, it was said to be a being. And certainly you come across people who are very dedicated. It's, a, it's, it's, it's like a real dedication. It's their religion. They're dedicated to the intellectual approach to control of yourself. But it actually isn't. And, and today the world is run by people 
who are masters of the mind. And here we are, we as humans, we don't even know about the power of the mind, but we can have the opportunity of knowing about the power of the heart or source or God within us through our senses. It's a simpler approach. But when you go there, then you feel real peace and contentment within yourself. And you feel this bubble of protection around you. And it, this bubble has enabled me to go into very dangerous areas. I went back into the north of Ireland when I was about 27. And I worked there for 35 years. And I worked in the second biggest loyalist working class estate, even though I was born on the Falls Road. They didn't know that at the time. I was only able to do that because I was able to move away from my mind and the propaganda and even my genetic influence and go back to source and feel my way through that situation. And we're in that situation here today. We're surrounded, we're in the battlefield at the moment in the world. And it's not until we actually go deeper and follow our intuition and our passion. And that's something that the Irish people are very open to. They, they have a passion and an intuition. And Rudolf Steiner, who uh, may, some people may know about, he wrote a little book called Ireland, The Special Place of the Island Ireland. And he talked about the, the, the earth energy coming from the earth onto this land encourages passion and intuition. And that's why the Ireland is special and has a role to play because we are, it's in our genes and it's in the land itself. And when a lot of foreign people come here, they, they, they don't want to leave because they sense this as well. So that's really why Ireland is so important and why we as people, as individual spiritual beings born into a physical body, uh, there's a necessity for us to go deeper so that then when we come to deal with politics or religion or the way in which we're being manipulated at the moment through our genetics and our history and our culture, we need to go deeper in order to be able to feel our way through without rejecting any of it. Would you think that you can see, as we are now in 2023, can you see that, you know, people are lacking joy suffering anxiety now than ever before and stressed i'm picking up books that were written in you know early 1901 or even in 1865 and there were books based on how to deal with anxiety and stress but i think it's got more heightened now from a spiritual point of view and from a conscious point of view it is all caused by the external stuff that has been bombarded with us in our lives. That's from the news, that's from what's going on in the country, from what's going on around the world, from new rules and regulations that a government want to impose on people by the strike of a pen. All these things are all external. And I was watching a movie last night with Will Smith and he 
it was a movie on iTunes, very good movie. And it made me kind of think of the hardship of how black America were treated and in slavery. And there was about 4 million that were freed from slavery. But the one thing that brought into my mind was, one, the world is cruel. The world has always been cruel, even though we are happy that tyranny is a knocking on our door and it's okay. And that's how everybody thinks once it's not bothering me. But the world is cruel and the world is mean and it has shown that it always has been cruel and always has been mean. And it made me go, when in Ireland, when in Ireland did we suddenly have have to pay for land when in Ireland did you know suddenly there was people on this land and suddenly they had to pay for it you know and then there was a famine and people had to well it was genocide we'll know it was genocide so what I'm trying to get at when in history was there suddenly the forest provides everything and man was there without hunter-gatherer, growing a couple of crops, you know, feeding his family, collecting water, to suddenly having to pay to live on his own land. You know, like The Field, your great movies. Like that. And I kind of go, when in history did this suddenly change that it was, now you have to, Give before you can receive instead of allowing to receive. In the East, they would call this the, the tail end of the darkest age, the Kali Yuga. And I remember when I was growing up, they used to be singing the song, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. So these are massive cycles. When you look at these uh, without our immature Western mind, where we're looking at four-year cycles instead of looking at the ancient history, where have we come from, where are we going? And you realize, this is why in the research I did, um, it, it, we seemingly as humanity have been under the control of, for probably hundreds of thousands of years. But in the last 16 millennia, they have started their latest um, uh, cycle of control, which is now coming to an end. And it, it's not until you actually go deeper and realize we need to grow up here in the West and start to be stop being so bloody ignorant and arrogant about the ancient knowledge that is there. And it's also in Irish. We, there's ancient knowledge that we need to dig into in order to really understand what's going on. Um, and we won't find it out by the technology that is mobile phones and TVs and all that. That's like part of the, they've made that part of the prism we're in. But the information on it, if you're able to ask the right questions and press the right buttons and open the right sites and educate yourself, you find out that nothing is hidden now. All of the secret societies, all their secrets are out there. And we can come to understand how long it is we have been controlled 
But right throughout all of that, there have been masters of the soul, masters of sorts that have come often at the beginning of each age. They, they, were, they say there always is a master, an avatar, a, a, a logos on the planet, somebody who's in complete contact with source and they're on the planet. Uh, and everybody is given that opportunity of pursuing that. And But at the beginning of each new age, a master appears that is very public. And we're coming to a stage now where a lot of people are looking for that. And at the same time, we're all told by the new age movement that we are our own masters. And so that means our ego is going to take us back to source, which isn't a joke. So there's a humility required of all of us in order to be able to find out that source of happiness. So when you say that this is, I mean, it is the most depressed time for humanity en masse, but it's also there are more enlightened people on the planet at the moment than have ever been. And I meet a lot of very enlightened people. I have a wonderful life to say the truth. Physically, it can be difficult and challenging at times. But actually, I know some beautiful people. I dance and I sing and I, I have a wonderful time in the middle of all this chaos. I wrote a poem recently called um, uh, uh, The Heart Song. And it came as a result of a group of people coming together with this English guy called John, a wonderful teacher, very humorous master of this. And he had us all singing in four-part harmony. And it was angelic, you know. And, and you realize you can be elevated to these places because of what's going on inside us, our ability to be able to go beyond what's going on in the outside world that would depress you. But yes, I'm looking out here at a beautiful scene and I'm very privileged to be in the position I'm in at the moment. Um, you know, so, I mean, I experience heaven on earth, even now. I have to admit that because it's been the privilege that's been given to me. It's a gift to be able to see that. And there are lots of people. And our aim is to bring about that on the earth for more and more and more people. You know, and I know people all over the world. I'm involved in in contacting them on a daily or weekly basis. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting a whole lot of a bunch of these people at the um on the 21st of December at Newgrange, that's a, a great place to meet people that I meet every year that are going deeper, you know. But there are lots of places and there are people here around me that are in that consciousness. I'm just going to jump back there. Um, Christ Logos. I think Christ Logos, every man has Christ Logos in them but it needs to be pulled through them someone once told me that it is women that pull the Christ logos through men it's about understanding and, and getting them to understand that they are just men on this earth and it was used as an example to me was about Samson and if anyone knows Samson and Delilah 
Sansom was given a gift by the gods and to to honor them he had to keep his hair long and Delilah came along and cut his hair and what she was actually doing was just making him a man and she was a woman and all they were were just a man and a woman on this earth doing so he was then punished he had to grow his hair along because that was the praise to the god so he could have his strength back but it was all she was doing was just earthing him and making him to be just a man the christ logos you know you look around the world how men will treat women and children they don't have that christ logos in them and i think when men get older and come more respective of respective of themselves and the women and children around them that's when they realize that they have that christ logos in them you go down for the back about ireland and the history that we have here and how the diaspora is around the world and you know they say ireland is saint and scholars and you know another joke is the reason why drink was invented was so the irish wouldn't rule the world because of our creativity and all these things then with the world that is going on and the craziness in the world when do we just stop and kind of go hold on there is a better way it's not a systems way but there is a better way that humanity can live and humanity can thrive without the greed and the fear and the power but just live in harmony now a lot of people will laugh at that or which i'm going to ask you a question what do you think there's not enough of in the world <laughs> what the world needs now is love sweet love <laughs> um, that experience of love within ourselves that's the source of love is within us it's within each every one of us it's not out there even in the flowers or in the people it's actually in us and when you discover that through the senses each one of the senses takes you back to that and the experience is an experience of love and unity and contentment these are simple words but they are powerful because when you feel that within yourself then you're capable of um unconditional love i think in in Greece, they call it agape love. And the problem we have today is that when you experience agape love or unconditional love for people, it could be of any age or gender, and people can misunderstand it. Like males and females can misunderstand it as um, romantic love. And there's a wonderful movie out there to encourage people to have a look at it on it's free on YouTube called The Celestine Prophecy. And when the Celestine Prophecy as a book came out 29 years ago, it went around the world by word of mouth because people were identified with the nine insights 
it was uh, pointing out. And one of them was this relationship that we have when we meet each other and we're feeling that love. There's a transfer of energy between us. And they demonstrate that on the film with uh, energy. And or we could say it's in your aura. And But then they also point out that when the male, uh, they point this out, you know, when the male approaches the female at one stage, because he's not sensitive enough to it, she pulls away because she feels this control from him. And he wasn't aware enough to realize he was, it was that male domination of female. And she had suffered in her life from that and pulled away. And he didn't understand it. So that's a wonderful film to really talking about our spiritual growth and how it manifests in the 3D world. And that film, I run a workshop called The Hero's Journey. And I use the Celestine Prophecy as part of getting people to see how they're already going through the hero's journey. Somebody said to me the other day, this friend of mine uh, wasn't on the hero's journey uh, because they had uh, attempted uh, to suicide. And I said, of course he's on this. As soon as you're born, you're on your hero's journey. And there are many chapters in it. And he's just going through a difficult chapter where the, the dream the first stage of the seven stages of the hero's journey is the the invitation to the adventure or the dream. And a realization I had the other day in dealing with him was the invitation to the dream was actually a nightmare. And that's why he's scared shitless because he's finding it difficult to try and deal with it. And I had a major breakthrough myself in the understanding of that it's not always a beautiful dream. Uh, there are many nightmares that people need, are, are going through or will go into as they approach, as they walk on their, their path. And there's a purpose to it. And those of us who've been through that and, and looked at the, the good, the bad and the ugly, and being through our shadow side and recognize how to get out of it and with grace and with help from other people, it's possible. And, and that's why we can help each other. And the, the quicker we move and the up, taking the opportunities we get and are presented to us and not shirking because they're difficult, then the quicker we move through them, we learn the lessons and then we improve. We're then ready for another lesson and they get better. I mean, my experience of my life at the moment, when I'm going through hard times, like I, I ended up living in a tent at 72 uh, four months ago and I was there for six weeks and I'm now living in a mobile and it's a major change. But I wrote a poem when I was living in the tent only three days after coming to this campsite called Heaven at Haven's West. And it's not as Raven's Rest, I would say, Raven's Rest. Heaven at Raven's Rest. And I was, I do experience heaven in this place. There's a beautiful energy here. It's beautifully um, balanced energy in the earth. And because 
I have a freedom. I'm able to be myself. I'm not subjected to other people's insanity. Um, it's wonderful. You know? yeah, well, I, th- I think, you know, when you start living in, in rural land out of the cities, I think there's two things that you sort of become familiar with. One is very comfortable with isolation. And the other one is understanding or feeling the earth more as well. If you choose to, these are, these are free will choices. And the work for me is to happier in a slower pace and not in a city and, and connecting more with the earth is enjoying the earth, you know, seeing the boards and the mountains and the trees and everything as well. And, and in that in itself is grounding than looking at, you know, looking out of an office block or living in a cubicle. So, you know, and, and then there's the other extreme where you're living in a, you know, it's below minus and you're living in a caravan at the moment um, and trying to survive. So again, going back to the world or this land, you mentioned something there I wrote down that this land is very special. Why do you think that? Well, the very the vibration of the earth, there's earth energies. When you go to Newgrange and you go into the inner chamber, carved on the wall of the back of the chamber is that three circles coming into each other that the uh, Irish tourist board use. And there's a guy called Michael Pointer who doused all the energies around Newgrange. And his explanation of that, and I tend to agree with it, was that the chamber was an initiation chamber. And it was the coming together of the cosmic energy demonstrated by the sun coming into the chamber on the 21st and in fact, three, three, two days before and two days afterwards or whatever. Um, or maybe one, but anyway, the, that's the cosmic energy, one of the circles. The other one was the earth energy, and the third one was the energy and the awareness of the initiate in the chamber at that time to have that powerful experience that would open them up to a greater understanding. And th- that's why Ireland is so important because the Druids had a massive connection to the earth and to the sun. And there there being incredible efforts made by the powers that be to divert that away from Ireland and away from the Irish people and away from the world, why Ireland and the Druids were so important, because they had that understanding of the cosmic energy and the earth energy and their own awareness. And uh, anyway, that's why I believe Ireland is so special and it can pass us by entirely if we don't go deep enough, but it really opens up. You feel it in the earth. You feel the energy in the earth. You feel the energy in yourself. You feel the energy in the cosmos. And, And we are being bathed in this energy at the moment because it's actually improving. There are massive changes going on on the energy fields. And we are, there's a, a woman out there 
called uh, S.A. Smith and their interviews with her by an Irish guy uh, called, does a, a blog radio program called um, uh, Circle of White Light. Anyway, um, uh, um, Alan James, his name is. Anyway, he's done two interviews with this S.A. Smith and she's talking about a solar flash that seems to have happened in the ancient past, but there are lots of people out there saying that we are going to go through a solar flash and we're overdue for it. And a lot of sensitive people would say that. Um, and it's liable to happen, they say, even before the end of this year, before the 21st of January of uh, December. So that's where some people are at. But then there are other people. Um, I get lots of inspiration and, and um, uh, information from people that really gives me cause for hope uh, on many levels. And, and that's like Ireland is very special uh, because there are lots of people in pursuit of knowledge that is deeper here in Ireland. But there's also a big danger if if we only pursue it on um, a psychic level, this and we pursue that knowledge through the mind only. And this is what was the power that was in the secret societies that have set up the world as we know it. All of the laws and all of the uh, systems that have been set up so far were set up by people who were masters of the head, of the psyche, not masters of the heart. But in the past, um, Ireland, through its Bren law, uh, demonstrated that there was a closer connection to source. So the laws, the legal system we're operating under at the moment is not good enough. It's not good enough for what we need at, at the moment. And there are people here in Ireland working to bring it back to uh, closer to Bretton law. What I would say universal law is where we need to go. What explain, explain what is Bretton law? Bretton law was the ancient law that was practiced in Ireland where it really was bringing the power back to the people and their sensitivity. And there was a, in fact, the people that were punished most if they broke Breton law were the kings, queens, chiefs, um, you know, the, the military people, the, the, then the, the, the traders that come down to the farmers, and then the simple people that knew nothing. If they broke the law, all that ever happened to them was they were educated why there was a law and what the law was. And it, and so it was much fairer. At the moment, if ignorant people break the law, they kill them. Yeah, they're, they're killing off. And the people with the most education, the most knowledge, literally get away with murder. So the legal system in the world is upside down. And where we're going back to is uh, the universal law, which is actually God's law. And that's we come to understand that through our intuition, through our we're sensitive. We, we become empathic. We understand we wouldn't want to be treated badly like that. So we're not going to treat anybody else or an animal or nature 
it will bring us back to a balance and a sensitivity in the way in which we live, uh, not just by ourselves, but in our families, with our children, our, our partners, and in community. And communities, I mean, I'm very much involved and have been in community development. And it's a difficult thing. And that's why uh, I talk to people about this, what comes about in the Celestine Prophecy, the, the difficulty of understanding the energies in ourselves that we need to take responsibility for when we interact with other people. Because thoughts have massive power and feelings have massive power. And, and if we justify the anger within us and then project that onto somebody else or a being or an animal or even nature, that's what's bringing about the imbalance and the wars at the moment. And that's why the people running the world at the moment are masters of that. They're masters of propaganda and they're masters of the, their witchcraft. They're, they will put spells on you with the words they use. And that's why we need to be very careful about what understanding what we're saying and what we're feeling and how we project it. You know? Well, I, I believe, you know, consciousness creates matter. And if you show something to somebody a negative, like mainstream, you know, news, fear feeding news, pumping out to people all the time, that then creates their reality. Um, and I think there's, you know, the only way someone can really disconnect from that and l live a life that is more balanced is unplug it. But indoctrination, Mr. Indoctrination is stopping that. So what, you know, from a spiritual point of view, what is the sovereignty of Ireland got to do with the world? It's the sovereignty of the individual, actually. And to me, I, my understanding of when we're born, we're given free will, we're given choice. Now, we often don't recognize that. But like when I was 12 and I ran away from that guy who was treating me unjustly, that was choice. And I realized I was making a decision that made a big difference to my life. I wasn't complying with his terror. And I challenged it and it worked. I was able to stop him. And today in Ireland, you know, when we saw the COVID and the number of people who complied with the insanity of some of the things they ended up doing, you realize that the Irish people are massively got at because they fear us. If we wake up, we will not take this nonsense. And I don't, and I know lots of people who don't, but it's not enough. And that's why the, the diaspora of the Irish people, 70 million Irish people, is really important that we get to. And that's why this poem, Independence Day, is also directed at the diaspora. Because the Irish people living here have really been got at by the powers that be because they realize our potential. and. So there's a need for us to wake up and we can. We can pure decide to eat pure food or drink pure water or live in nature and not in cities. I hate going into cities now. And I, right throughout the whole COVID thing, I drove around, I went around, I never wore a mask. And I hated going into the city because it was the compliance there was a massive. 
and you realize, Jesus, man, who, who would want to live here? You know, um, and so getting out of cities all around the world is really important because that's the controllers want to herd us into cities because it's easier for them to control us there. It's far more difficult to control us uh, out in the countryside. And especially there where we can then, like I live in the countryside here, and yet I was talking to a local and he said, most of the farmers here don't grow their own crops. They buy them in the shops. And the shops only have three days food. So you realize like how Ireland has been got at. And it's a, the majority of people uh, have been massively got at. And it takes, um, but it, the changes will come about by a small number of passionate, uh, concentrated, conscious people doing the right thing. And it doesn't need to be violent. And that's why when we look at the East Wall situation at the moment, um, I, you know, I'm really aware that we need peaceful warriors. I've, I've written poems about the peaceful warriors. Um, but we need courageous people, but people that know that the solution is not in violence. The solution is in discipline and in control of yourself, control of your words, control of the feelings you have when you're in a dangerous situation, that you're not reacting out of fear, you're acting out of love. And I've been in that situation, you know. Um, I mean, I had the privilege of serving around um, this master I met who was called Maraji at the time, his name is Pram Rawat, and he's still very active in the world. And I have a great love and admiration for the way in which he demonstrates how to bring peace. You bring peace to yourself. You have to be able to experience peace on the battlefield yourself. And that's why it's self-discipline. And But you go there out of love. And you're shown how to go there out of love. You're not beaten into submission. You don't beat your ego into submission. You love it into submission, you know. Miraji, you mentioned that there was four elements that he said, four areas that... that yeah, four techniques. Know, four for, techniques. For, for, for each of the senses, we experience the world when we look out, when we hear when we feel, and when we taste and smell, and the taste and smell are connected. So that's the four ways in which we experience the world. And even a child will experience cold and heat and see the sun and feel the warmth and feel the vibrations, sense, you know, it's like we were looking at a mouse last night and he could detect exactly when you looked at him, you know. They're sensitive beings. And we have all that ability within us. And that's how he, he then said, you, he showed us how to turn those, tech, those senses inside. And you experience source through sight, through feeling, through taste and smell, and through hearing. And it's not my place, it's his grace to, to show you, but he freely shows people and, and they can prepare themselves for that and receive it through the internet. Like he's really into using every bit of technology, he flies himself around the world. He meets people eyeball to eyeball where he can. 
what he is shows people. Now, he would say, like, there may be other people out there who can do it, and if you can, wherever you can get it, get it. But if you can't, then come back to him, and it's free. And is that all true? Is that all true meditation, is it? It's, he won't even use the word. He uses four techniques. That's what he says. Because we intellectualize these techniques. Our mind will, oh, I'll do that technique because it will develop disability. He just says, do technique number one, two, three, and four in this sequence and in this way and do it on a daily basis. And then you can do it on a, a, as you're walking around. There are a couple of these techniques you can do as you're walking around. So you can bring that awareness, hold on to it from your having that beautiful experience within you. But you can hold on to it while you go out into the world and do your daily stuff, you know. I think because if more people were learned and made the effort to actually understand themselves, a lot of the external stuff would look so different. And I've spent, you know, God, decades now doing this and working on it. And it has, you know, anyone that knows me says, oh, Joe, he's calm in a storm. Um, and that's taken time to actually being able to do this, that it's seeing the good in everything and there's no such thing as a problem but a solution. Everything has a solution. It's like everything has a contract, a counter offer, and then, you know, an agreement. And I think that counter offer is the awareness and the consciousness of within to be able to then have an agreement. You know, Joe, it's, 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 I find it, when I am faced with a, a really difficult situation, I've learned how to center myself, that it's so important. Like a, a young man came to my door here at three o'clock this morning saying there'd been an accident and he was trying to borrow a friend's car. And I just said to him, center. And I, I said, breathe. You know, center yourself while you deal with this. And I've learned how to do that. It's a practical thing. Like uh, I was uh, uh, trying to save somebody from drowning the other day, and I wasn't capable of getting into the water. It would have killed me. Uh, I'm physically not fit enough, and it, it probably would have thrown my heart out of place. But anyway, um. I looked off into, I was shouting at the guy to turn over and I looked off into the distance and I just went silent and I said, I need help. And then I centered myself and two young men came. It works. Saying to people out there, if your back is to the wall, pray, ask for help. You'll discover it, it exists. Come across so many people, they've forgotten how to contact their heart. And they think that their heart, the thing that's keeping their heart, has forgotten them. It hasn't. And if you turn around and go inside and are humble enough, has for help. It's happened. I'm sorry. I see so much pain in the world, and people don't know the basics. 
you know, they've been they've had the basics beaten out of them by the by the world we live in. But if you go inside now, I'm talk, talking to a friend at the moment who's in the hospital, and I'm saying to him, "You're surrounded by everything you don't like." But I said, inside in you, if you go, your back is to the wall. That's your challenge to go inside and ask for help and you'll get it. And we have to prove that to ourselves. You know, that's what enables us to have the courage to go into the world, into difficult situations. When you've in difficult situations, when you've gone inside, Receive the help and you realize, wow, that was a miracle. And then you go forward. I think it's, there's an attempt for the destruction of human spirit. Massive, massive attempt. I mean, that is the battle. It is between good and evil. Yeah. And human spirit, when you, you know, feel that within you cannot explain it and it's not it's not a belief it's a knowing and this is the one thing that people who are outside of it don't get or understand and crave the most and they have tortured you know killed people through the centuries for that and have even, you know, attempted to understand or, you know, decipher scriptures, scriptures which they have done wrong and done rituals in the world to try and create and never have got it right because the human spirit is that spark of divinity which is from within. And even moments of when the world is collapsing around us, if you can just stop and find that spark, it helps you then get through it and things change. And that's the one thing that I think that we need to keep remembering all the time. And the more you remember it, because you have your conscious and your unconscious world and you know, you can't live in your, in consciously, you can't be walking around all the time. You go crazy. So that's why you have your subconscious there. But if you can train your conscious will then trip into your subconscious, then everything around you can change for the better, but you need to work at it. It, it, you need to, because, you know, if you think from the day you're born till if you're listening to this in your 30 or 40, 50, 60, 70, whatever, and you're still sort of struggling, it's all those decades that has been bombarded with you that needs to be, un, you know, reversed. And that takes time. So it doesn't happen over, over in day or night. It takes time. But once it does, life gets a little, little bit easier. And one of the things which when I was on my spiritual journey and then started to wonder about being authentic and understand about being Irish and understanding about being, you know, you know, an indigenous Irish person was 
you know, the 24th of January is our Independence Day. And I always kind of went, hang on, I'm only learned, really learned this in my 50s. And I kind of went, you know, this is an Independence Day is celebrated in every country that has it except here. And then I kind of went, why, you know, then it was, you know, I think it was in 2022, our Taoiseach acknowledged Independence Day. But why have they never, and why is no, you know, whenever in government read out a proclamation on this day? These are things that were just just questioning. And then I kind of went, hmm, you know, the diaspora. We have so many diaspora around the world. And even from a tourist point of view, the Independence Day, you think, would be something that our tourism would jump on and get heavily involved because it means so much. But it's something that it's like it's it's hidden. Like in Ireland, if you say, if someone said, oh, I've asked people, what would you say being a patriot would be? And they go, oh, you know, there's wars that have made people feel dirty about their country. And like, you either love your country or you hate it. And I think a lot of people love their country and love their land that it's on but they're not expressing it vocally, authentically, as they should be. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, well, And also, they don't really understand um, the importance of Independence Day was important for a very practical reason as well. Because on Independence Day in the first day, they conducted this ceremony that's not well known by people at all in Ireland, and it's called the Turning of the Seal. And it is conducted every year at the Mansion House in Dublin at 12 noon. And it it commemorates the setting up of the first doll in the Mansion House on the 19th of January, 1919, but it also celebrates our individual sovereignty which is really important because that's how we ended up with a sovereign country because of sovereign people. And that's a spiritual gift that we, we are granted, but we have to become aware of it. I, my experience is that you have to actually go on your inner path before you understand your sovereignty. And that is the right to actually live the life that naturally in harmony with nature and everything around you. And that's why it would be through universal law. You have that right. It's a divine right, right? But also on that day, it was the granting of licenses to the principal office bearers in the state to conduct their service to the nation for the coming year. That's why they don't want to know that. Because they built into that that these people are servants of the people and they only had a license for a year and you could put them out if they weren't doing what they were, what the people wanted. Now, that's why the the present politicians don't operate in that way anywhere in the world. And that's why none of our politicians operate that way, you know. 
And that's why they don't want to know about Independence Day. And that's why it's so important, because it puts the power back into the hands of we, the people, if we are to do it this way. And that's what we want. The people are the ones in charge, not the politicians. And that's why Ireland is so important. And that's why Independence Day in Ireland is so important, because it tells these people, no, you're not there to tell us what to do. You're there to carry out what the people want. And so the people have to waken up in roundtable fashion. See, we're moving from top down to roundtable, and everybody has a place at the table. And it's when you are ready, you come to the table and you offer your, your service to society. But these politicians, they're all top-down people, you know, and they're well-paid and, you know, they're all their, they're, they get their holidays and everything paid for, and, you know, they're all cushy, but they shouldn't be cushy. You know, I have a vision that people would walk with their license for that year from the mansion house, surrounded by the people of Ireland all the way back down to Leinster House before the real doll would sit there. Because the real doll has never sat in Leinster House. And that's why what was happening, what happened in 1919 was so important. Probably not understand, understood by, certainly the majority of Irish people had no understanding of it. But the depth of what was going on in 1919 was even by some of the people involved in it, they were only looking at it as a, a political and economic freedom. But actually what we're talking about is a sovereign freedom, a spiritual freedom. And that's why the Independence Day in Ireland is so important for the world, because we have understood that you cannot have a government that isn't run by spiritual people that are in, con in contact with their own source. You cannot have a government, not, not in the new age, not in the age, not in the vision that I have and many others have of the world we're moving into, not in heaven on earth. You cannot have politicians that are just driven by politics, economy or power. It has to be driven by love. And that's why the love of source is so important for politicians. I think it's love, truth and courage. You know, I, I have, you know, new age spirituality is being hijacked by the same belief of, the, you know, the people that probably, you know, you, you would say control everything. And, you know, let's, let's get spirituality about love, hugs and kisses. And it's not, but that's what, New Age has made people believe, oh, tyranny is coming to our door. Oh, let's sit here and meditate and give it a big hug and love. It's truth and courage. Yeah, and the, the ability to really stand up against this evil. And, and that's why we need peaceful warriors, though, in order to do that. You know, if you if you think about if if it was really about love, hugs and kisses, Jesus would have sat in a room and meditated and wouldn't have been, wouldn't have spoken out and wouldn't have said what he thought about teachings and he wouldn't have been crucified. 
He wouldn't have driven the moneylenders out of the temple. Because it would have been love, hugs and kisses. For him, it was love, truth and courage. And the courage is to speak your truth, whatever that is. And about letting go, letting go, I think it's about letting go of all material goods and letting go, even being able to let go of the material, which is your body, the meat suit that you're in, you know, and once you let go of everything, then you then can really light that spark within. So if Independence Day is, you know, and I think it's growing and I think more and more people are coming aware of it, that it means more than just a day of turning the seal. I think it's more of being sovereign. As someone said to me, sovereignty starts from within. And I truly believe that. And I think that's where we all need to start. And you wrote a poem about today as well, didn't you? Well, years ago, uh, I think it was 12 years ago, 10 years ago, I wrote a poem called The Turning of the Seal. And because of that, and that was about the Independence Day as it was the the ceremony. But then I was asked recently uh, to write a poem about Independence Day that would really be for people. It's not a political thing. It never was anyway, but... It was um, it's for families and people and ordinary people who feel the the joy of life and the sovereignty and the uh, anyway, I wrote this poem um, that it's called Ireland's Independence Day, the rhythm of the green. And the green could be the auric color of the heart chakra. You know, that's sort of going into a different story. But anyway, that's really what it's referring to. And and then I wrote another poem actually called, it was asked to write a poem about the tricolor. And my, uh, I didn't want to get into the whole history of the flag. And what came to me was that the white is white light. And in essence, we are all white light. And then it's broken up. And it was broken up and and the white light or God or source gave powers to different families. They call them the dragon families in the world. And there are nine of them and they were given different powers. And really, though, that was to divide and conquer and to for us to get back to source. So I wrote this poem about the not pitching the green against the orange. But the challenge is for the, those in the green and the orange or any of the other seven colors uh, to emerge back into the white. It's a personal journey back to source, to white light within us. And then that gives us the clarity and the courage not to fight, not to be caught up in the divide and conquer. And having lived in the north of Ireland for 35 years, I came and I was living in probably the the deepest area of uh, our power source of the orange which was north down and i learned how to feel my way through that um, by not identifying with the divides but by identifying with the white light in myself 
and with that within all the people. And it, I survived it. Where at a time when they were shooting you for what they thought you were, I was able to live a free and wonderful life in a, a, a war-torn country and survive it. And that's what qualifies me to run the hero's journey. I've felt and experienced peace on the battlefield. And I know it's possible for all of us. And we're all on the battlefield at the moment. And so that's why it's important. And that's why the independence day is important. And uh, this particular poem, it, it, I, I did a, a, an audio version with music behind it. And it would be nice maybe if you're able to put that on. But I'd like to say something else about that. Um, when I wrote that, it was really for the Irish people. So any uh, uh, financial reward that could come from the uh, from the that will go to a trust that will go to the Irish people and go in through the new Irish bank being set up by the free sovereign Irish people. So that's would encourage people to support it uh, because. Every bit of support you give it, be it physically, intellectually, emotionally, or financially, will go back to the Irish people and enable us to actually show the way, not just to ourselves, but to the world. Ireland's Independence Day, the rhythm of the green. On the 21st of January in 1919, at twelve noon in the mansion house, sovereign ones were seen. Era declared her independence for all her living beings. Little did we know then the significance of those scenes. A mammoth day in history, not just for people here, as humanity struck out for freedom against bloodlines who rule with fear. Era the heart of the world calls all her children now come alive to your true passion intuition will show you how you've come here at this time on earth to demonstrate the way to find that inner freedom humanity craves today we've shown the world this way before coming straight from source now let's dance with joy and freedom Take away the hurts. Show your love for Mother Nature, standing barefoot in the park, soaking up the powerful feelings designed to heal the heart. As you warm to the vibrations coursing through your being, feel your dancing feet responding to the rhythm of the green. Spread love and joy throughout the world on Independence Day. Peace and love will be felt in this miraculous way. Dance this barefoot freedom, 70 million Irish in the world, inviting every human to join us as we twirl. Jigs and reels aplenty will happen in the park as joy and independence rise like a phoenix from this spark. So come on, Irish people, all across the world. Let's show them what we're made of, as freedom is unfurled. Dance this dance of freedom, barefoot if you're smart. 
the beating drums go quiet as humanity plays its part. Close your eyes in silence with joy and love you feel as with gentle beating feet you bless the earth for real. Ireland's Independence Day. That's a lovely poem, Paul. I only really found out about Ireland's Independence Day back in 2020. And it's uh-huh. something that I was kind of going, oh, okay. As I said before, why don't we celebrate this? What inspired you to write that poem? should have a bigger awareness and a celebration to recognize this day. Yeah. I I think the first time I came across Ireland's Independence Day was Harry O'Reilly, who was a friend of mine, uh, is a friend of mine. Um, Harry and I were invited to the mansion house by Billy Maguire. Might have been about 12 years ago, actually, I'm quite sure. It was the first time I had heard about it. And I was privileged to be in the room when they did this ceremony, the turning of the seal. And it was filmed, and it's now up on the Billy Maguire site, billymaguire.com, that particular event, which is uh, tremendous, the importance of the harp, and the fact that this ceremony was conducted every year by Billy, and it has been conducted since 1919. I, I wrote a poem uh, called The Turning of the Seal, and Billy used to invite me to recite it on the steps of the mansion house or at Vaughan's Hotel every year that the celebration was happening. And then recently, because of that, I was asked to write a poem about the Ireland's Independence Day and try try and make it family-friendly, that it was actually to do with everybody that's living here in Ireland, and uh, it wasn't a political thing. And as Billy would say, our sovereignty, our personal sovereignty, is so important to us. And certainly I understand that myself. Yeah, I think people need to understand that this is not political. Anyway, that's, yeah, so I was requested to write this poem. And a number of things inspired me. I've been aware of during the COVID event of a guy in, I think it was Australia, or could have been New Zealand, who did this standing in the park that went viral. Standing in the park concept struck me as something that was important. But when you, I look down at the poem here, and it's referring to uh, how important Ireland's Independence Day was way back in 1919. And in many ways, uh, the importance is even more important now because what they were pushing back against wasn't just imperialism. It Now we would know it as bloodlines, uh, royal bloodlines. There are nine of them all around the world, and they have been given uh, power to, to divide and conquer humanity. And the Ireland, what it was doing at that time was so important and it's become even more important um because i say here in the first stanza that as humans struck out for freedom against bloodlines who rule with fear era the heart of the world now that's really a, a, from an energy point of view a lot of people recognize era is the heart of the world it's a feminine energy 
and that's why it's called era um, and the Irish people are very privileged to live on the land itself because the land um, keeps the heart open and the passion open back to source and it's been recognized by lots of Irish people and other people when they come here they're affected by the land itself and certainly where I am here in this campsite I really feel that it's beautiful here, the, the the energy in the land is just tremendous. So that's really important. And, and the whole idea of, um, as I get into it uh, in the poem, I invite people to do something the Irish are notorious for, noted for, probably not notorious, that's a negative, but anyway, we're noted for our dancing and singing and joy uh, and uh, dancing barefoot because to go barefoot uh, is to ground and to take in the blessings from uh, Mother Nature, which is really uh, so important for us to balance us. And uh, as I, the poem goes on, it talks about at the very end uh, when the drums go silent. I envisage these kind, this kind of drumming with a dance in the background uh, of the people dancing barefoot and then the drums go silent, the kind of drums that were played during river dance that really, that really excited me, that kind of drumming and it could be barrel as well but as they go silent then focusing in on the faces of the people with the, the joy on their face and their eyes closed and then go down to their feet and their feet humanity blesses the earth Instead of just taking from the earth all the time, humanity blessing the earth. And my vision is for this poem that it could go viral and it really affect particularly the diaspora. There are 70 million people in the world that claim Irish uh, connections. And if we could get film of people all over Ireland and all over the world dancing barefoot, it would be an incredible image for us to put together and as the poem goes on I'm saying that we could invite humanity to dance barefoot and at this stage I, I don't know whether you're aware of this but in December we were being told uh, the 20th, 21st and 22nd of December particularly were days in which there was tremendous cosmic energy coming into the earth and we were all affected by it. Certainly, I have been affected by it and feel it. And that could affect the whole of humanity. So I'm hoping that by the 21st of January, we could get humanity all over the world experiencing that um, freedom and independence and sovereignty. And that would be a tremendous start for the year not just for the Irish people, but for humanity. And the Irish people have a role in which they can actually lead that forward, you know. Um, and anyway, that's really what is my um, inspiration behind the poem. I would love to get far more musicians and dancers and people in organizations like the GAA and dance clubs and community groups seeing the importance of this and a simple kind of many ways mad idea of dancing barefoot in january in a park in ireland but my, my 
it's, it is possible, you know. And um, but I think the impact of that um, in the ethers itself could have a tremendous effect. You know, we talk about the, you hear people in TM, they get thousands of them or hundreds of them meditating together and it reduces because of the, the hike in frequency in the area reduces um, crime. But I, I think this is something that could really work if enough people have the vision for it and follow through, you know, I'm inviting people. Um, if they know groups of people that will dance and come together and to do it and video it and send it in to the Ireland's Independence Day.ie site, it will then also give them all the information. There's tremendous videos coming out now, um, and almost every day, and in fact, every day so far in the new year of uh, filling people in on the background history to the setting up of the, of the state. Do you know what's coming up for me here today is uh-huh. Independence Day is a celebration of, you know, 1919. But I also believe that if everybody can remember and celebrate our Independence Day, it's actually getting people to stop and have a check to see what's going on. You know, it, it, it's not about tyranny. It's not about now just stopping and having a look to see, are we doing everything right at the moment? Is ERA in check and doing everything possible that it can for the people of this country? It's about us going, okay, how are we doing? How is the political system doing? How is this educational system doing? How is everything functioning under our banner of the tricolor? And asking the question, are we doing this, are we doing the right thing or are we doing the wrong thing? And if we are doing the wrong thing, we need to then ask questions and it's about not right or wrong, but it's about saying, what can we all do to fix it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with you because it is the vision we have for the future. That's really important. And recognizing, like you say, then recognizing where we're at because it's not, it's not good enough. Where we're at at the moment is just not good enough. And there are people, this is always something that has been uh, of interest to me is where are we at within ourselves? Do we actually understand ourselves as and experience ourselves as spiritual beings having a physical experience? Paul, where can yeah. people find out more information? And I know that you also mentioned uh, you're doing a course which is called the hero's journey which yeah. i think will resonate with a lot of people so the first thing i want to ask you is what where can people reach out or contact to find out more about this course and about independence day every year you know yeah i i i well there's two things there the one is 
um, what I'm doing myself regarding this her journey. And that, because I have taken, although I was born on the Falls Road into a, a family where my father was very Republican and an activist, I was reared in Dublin by my mother uh, when they split, who wasn't uh, politically minded at all, but a very wise woman. And my own journey took me on the spiritual, what was the deepest reason why I was born here? So I was asking very deep questions about my true nature, as opposed to trying to find out where I stood politically or economically or socially. And I was very graced in a way to be asking those questions at that time because it it did. I got the answers. It doesn't negate my culture and my country and the blood that's flowing in my veins that um, has a whole genetic story for me. And that needs to be um, settled as well. And that's why I don't run away from that aspect. But I do believe that it can only really, truly be answered when we address it from a spiritual point, from the deepest point of view. So in my contact with people, for instance, in the IRB and other parties, political and all the rest of it, I always maintain to them where is the spiritual aspect, because that's where the answer lies. Particularly today, I mean, we were brought up um, with the song, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. And it had nothing to do with Ireland. It was to do with cycles that humanity going through. Well, on as regards the Independence Day, there is uh, Ireland's Independence Day.ie, where there's tremendous amount of information and um, uh, on the Independence Day itself and what will be happening on the day and where it will be happening. There will be a gathering at 12 noon uh, at the Mansion House to begin with and it'll end up uh, going up um, O'Connell Street to GPO and then up to Vaughan's Hotel and then they're going to end up in um, in the Teachers Club uh, after that. But as regards them, my own the Heroes Journey Workshop I, uh, I, we've just been talking about putting together a, a website for it. I have a, um, a telegram site at the moment called PB's Channel, where I'm starting to put up some info. I have started to put up some information about the Hero's Journey Workshop. And um, that would encourage people to go deeper and, and show them ways in which they can go deeper so that, that when they're looking at this concept of sovereignty, they actually see it as a, a spiritual gift um, and something we more or less earn. But it is a gift to us, but we have to come to realize it. And uh, uh, anyway, that's what the Hero's Journey Workshop would help people to come to that experience, not just understanding, but experience that within their own life. Yeah. Well, we'll have to go. We, okay. we thank you. And um, it was in a, uh, a very inspiring and inspirational chat. Um, so thank you for, for sharing all this with us today. Thank you. Thank you.
What if you could have a sustainable business without the liquidity concerns and make your company more profitable? Curious? Check out our tried and tested proven client acquisition formula. Go to www.joedalton.ie and book your free consultation now.